Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Clinton McDonald, former NFL defensive star and current aspiring golfer. Inspiring golfer. Aspiring star. Aspiring businessman. Yeah. Yes. How's your that. golf game? My golf game is um, kind of like my swimming. I'm, I'm, I'm good when you throw me far and skip me. <laughs> But then it goes downhill. I got you. <laughs> well, I see you out there working on it occasionally, or I have seen you out there working on it occasionally. I don't know what you're getting to pay, uh, play right now, but sounds like you're, you're a little more focused on things that are uh, a little more lucrative because I'm not making much money on the golf course. I don't know about you. No, nah, I'm not making too much money on the golf course, but a lot of deals are made out there, so you got to be um, well-rounded when you're doing business, and you got to be well-rounded when you approach the game of golf. So I try to hone my skills and sharpen my skills on both ends. Yeah. Watching the draft this last week, I don't know if you got a chance to catch any of it. I'm sure you've heard a little bit about it. Uh, bring back any memories or any thoughts of uh, your your trek to the NFL? You know, it does bring back a lot of memories. And um, so far as my trek to the NFL, the, the training, everything that went into it, so far as your college career and all leading up to it from high school to Pee Wees. And um, you don't really fathom how big it's going to be and the opportunities you're going to have in that next phase. And um, seeing the guys getting drafted this weekend and hearing about most of it is um, – it's amazing, and it kind of makes me feel like, wow, you know, time flies by regardless if you're ready for it or not. Mm-hmm. And these guys, they're going into a new venture, a new endeavor in the NFL. And um, the portal system as well as, you know, college getting college players being able to get paid has kind of, you know, got them started to understand the business of football. But uh, NFL is way different. It's way different. Once you get cut from that team, you don't show back, show back up in the locker room like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm here to do paperwork or I'm just – here to go to school. No, school's over. Mm-hmm. Take it easy. You have a good one. Until yeah. we call you back. So it's cutthroat, but more so than anything, these guys have prepared their whole life for this opportunity. And um, I think a lot of these gentlemen are going to seize it very good. How long have you been out of the league now? A uh, year and a half, two years now. Okay. How What would you play at weight-wise? Weight-wise, I was around 285, 290. And what are you at now? Around 280. Okay. Yeah. You look You look, uh, You look. look lean. I didn't – I mean, I just – I mean, I don't know, maybe it was just in my head that you seem more bulked up when you were playing. Are you still li- oh, you still lifting a lot? I'm not lifting like that anymore. Okay. Um, you know, one thing I know about myself is I have nat- natural strength. I didn't really have to take a lot of supplements to bulk up. It was more so on a strict heavy uh, lifting regimen. Allowed me to, you know, look very um, vascular, like they say, in the, the weightlifting competition world. But um, I still go out, and if I need to lift something, I can pick it up easy. Um, <laughs> I try not to do a lot of things because, you know, once you once you spend so much so much time beating your body up, you want to let your body rest. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get out of the string of, you know, movement-wise and function, flexibility. But at the same time, I, I, I went in, went back into the weight room with my, my brother, and um, he's pretty he's, – he's at it. He's at it pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. And I got to lifting one day, and for a month straight, felt great. And I got ready to go up the stairs, and my knee started hurting. Never had lower extremity injuries or anything like that, but my knee started hurting. And I asked myself right then and there, what am I training for? You know, <laughs> what am I training for? Mm-hmm. I'm not training to go out there and take on a double team. I'm not training to go out there and get sacks. What am I doing? So that kind of hit me into my mind and say, you know what? When I start back training – I'm going to train smarter and not train harder this, this go around. I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm very, you know, affluent with my movements so far as bending over and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to T.O. a long time ago when I played with the Cincinnati Bengals, and he was there for a short stint. And I asked him his, his training, training regiments and how he works out. And he, he, he swore and 
praise uh, resistant bands. Mm-hmm. And um, when I seen him and I seen his physical build, and you see him now still playing arena football, he has the same regiment. He doesn't break his regiment down to say, now I'm 45, 50 years old, I'm going to do something different. I remember one day he said, um, I just go into the, the gym and I get my bands and I jump right in. And I'm thinking in my mind, well, it takes 30 minutes to warm up for a regular workout. And he has, in this 30-minute mark, he's jumped right in on the res- resistance bands, and he's halfway through his workout. <laughs> so it kind of made me feel like, well, when I go back at it, I'm going to go back at it with resistance bands. And right. if I want to go heavy, I'm going to go heavy if I want if I need to feel it. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Do you miss football at all? I miss the camaraderie about it. I miss uh, getting on the, the plane right from the tarmac. I, I miss those type of things, not really waiting. You know, football is very catered toward um, TV. So if the game says it's going to start at 5 o'clock, and I told my wife this and I told my friends, I've never been a part of a game that started at 5.05 when they said it was going to be starting at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So everything was very, you know, time-wise and cutthroat to where it has to hit on a certain time. I miss that part about it, but I do not miss the hitting. I don't miss getting hit. I don't miss the blind side and, you know, being hyper vigilant for those type of things and activities. You miss the camaraderies and you miss the guys more than anything. Yeah. Because you're in the locker room with, with a group of guys that are from everywhere, literally everywhere. You get some people from, from Australia, England, and it's crazy to where a sport brings a lot of people together in that one aspect of, you know, this is what we have to do today, guys. This is what we're going to focus on. Offense, defense, special teams, everybody needs to hit on the same key. And um, I miss that aspect about it, but I don't really miss the hitting. Yeah, I don't miss the, the whistle blowing and the hollering from the coaches and all that. You know, it, it's, it's just a different time in life, so I, I appreciate it for what it was. Yeah. Dr. Clint McDonald for just tuning in. Uh, it's 1242, and you were a board member at the Ronald McDonald House, and I can tell you as a former board member when you were coming on, they were very, very excited to have you lend your celebrity <laughs> to the board, not only not only that, but also your effort to the board. So what was your initial uh, interaction, rea- uh, connection there? What was the what brought you in there? My initial connection, um, you know, I have a big heart. I have a heart for, for philanthropy, especially causes like the Ronald McDonald House, who um, basically takes the onus of housing families and children who are going through terminal illnesses. And um, I was one of those situations to where the Ronald McDonald House affected me directly, especially here in Arkansas. Uh, in 2007, my niece was born in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, and she was born with a hole in her heart, and her, she was having a failure of um, inflation in one of her lungs. So the doctors in uh, the Children's Hospital of Mississippi and Jackson seen that they couldn't really help her out. They knew that they didn't have the capability, to, either the staff or the people or, or the training, to go out and help her out. So she was medevaced here to Little Rock. Mm. And it's, it's kind of ironic because I'm from Arkansas. So I, I talked to my older brother, which is his, you know, that's his daughter. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Is everybody being accommodated? And I'm still in college, so I didn't have any money. Didn't have anything to give Ronald McDonald House. But when I came to visit her at the uh, Children's Hospital and found out that her family was being housed at the Ronald McDonald House, and it was free, that blew me away. Mm-hmm. That blew me away, and I told my brother, I, w- I want to go visit this place. I want to go visit what they got going on. And this was the old house. Yeah. This was the like the 1950-style um, continual remodel. Yep. Um, slightly moldy smell house. Yeah, it, it definitely was not the best situation. It, w- it wasn't the best situation, but it helped out a lot of families. Yeah, it beat driving back and forth to Jackson, didn't it? Yes, it beat the driving, man. You know, it's, it's amazing what the Ronald McDonald House doing, is doing now. 
they just started putting rooms in uh, UAMS for the NICU units. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're meeting different needs. They're doing mobile dentistry. They're doing things that are outside of the box of a normal charity. And it inspires me to get involved because an organization like that that serves that type of need in the community is nothing but positive to me. Yeah, so absolutely. It, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're part of it. I know they're thrilled to have you, too. And, uh, again, Saturday's barbecue starts at 11 a.m., and, and a portion of the proceeds are going to go back to the Ronald McDonald House, which uh, we've done things with them over the years. They benefit from the Great Arkansas Beer Festival, which we're going to have later on this summer, too. So uh, there is a tie that binds. We've got listeners who like to uh, hang out and have cold ones, and if it can raise money for a great charity, they're about that, too. So that's a good thing. Uh, Buzzbecue.com for more details. Um, as far as business-wise, what, what all are you in, involved in right now? Well, um, the major thing I'm keeping my focus on right now is a lot of real estate. My wife and I have um, been picking up a couple properties here and there, learning about the rental property, learning about markets, learning about analysis, RRI, um, different type of things like that that mm-hmm. makes you ensure your return and allows you to raise rents or be stable when you're in your market. And um, it teaches you what I learned when I was a child doing construction with my father, which is the continual hard work. You're dealing with people that um, – don't see things the way you see them sometimes, and you have to be open, and you got to be a people's person at times. And sometimes people are having bad days, weeks, months, and years. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep that in the back of your mind when you're renting out to people when you're doing these real estate projects. And then, you know, COVID has really taught us a lot, too, and supply and demand. Taught us a lot about, you know, availability with good workers, good supply people. So when you find somebody who's doing work for you and they're doing it at a, a good price and they're doing it at a steady pace, you got to reward those type of guys, too, and encourage them to continue to come to, come to work and do the job the best way they can. Mm-hmm. Where's your wife uh, hail from? What's her hometown? She's from North Little Rock. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, so she we're both from Arkansas. There you go. That's awesome. Which team do you identify with? Uh, I would say the two teams, I, well, I wouldn't say two. The teams I enjoyed the most was the Seattle Seahawks, the Cincinnati Bengals, and I would say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all three for different reasons. Cincinnati was where I was drafted seventh round, learned the greediness about the NFL uh, NFL culture, <laughs> the AFC North, hard-nosed type football. Um, we didn't have an indoor stadium then, so I appreciated you know, going to Seattle with an indoor um, practice facility. Um, Seattle, because it's where I felt like I was evolving as a pro, um, got around a lot of group of guys who had you know, forward-thinking, guys who were wanting to hang out, took their football serious, focused on their job, but they were family men. Mm-hmm. They were oriented about winning and being around family. And then Tampa Bay, because it's when I feel like I stepped out and got away from what my friends have taught me in a, like a apprenticeship type position and allowed myself to grow into the pro that I was to become in those four years in Tampa and then those, those latter years in Oakland as well as Arizona. So every, everywhere I went had a phase, and I, I appreciated and I learned to uh, appreciate everywhere I went for the time I was going to be there because just like I witnessed when I was playing ball when they cut Peyton Manning from the, from the, um, the Colts, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, Peyton Manning, you cut Peyton Manning? <laughs> I don't care if he has five neck surgeries. You don't cut Peyton Manning. <laughs> right. He you retires know? and walks yeah, away. He, he does it when he wants to do it. Yeah. He puts it down. You don't put him down, but it was the reality about football and how quick it is. No matter if you spend 20 years in the game, ball is very quick. And, you know, you can't be so um, pigeonholed and so narrow-minded focused to make you think that I'm going to be a ball player forever. Because right. you're not. You can be in ball. You can announce. You can um, be a commentator. You can be a coach. You can be an analyst. But you're not going to play ball forever. Nobody yeah. wants to play ball forever. Do you have any connections to football at this point? Uh, I have a few connections. Um, 
I, I choose not to really expand on them and use them right now. Um, I went to broadcast boot camp and met a lot of good executive directors and things like that, um, program directors, guys who have been Emmy non- nominated for bringing on guys like Stuart Scott and, you know, the gang like that. So every every time I have a birthday every year, they call me, hey, how you doing? You know, is, yeah. is everything all right? It's good that you have another birthday because mm-hmm. a lot of guys don't have another birthday. So it's good to keep those connections alive. It's good to keep relationships alive. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy – talking about sports. I enjoy talking about, you know, things that impacted my life when I was growing up. But at the same time, in order for any man to grow, he must go outside his comfort level and understand what life is all about. You know, I have four children now. And the year I decided to kind of just put it down, I was coming off a neck injury. And I was watching the game, and my five-year-old, which was three then, she looked at me and she smiled. She said, Daddy, if you go back, you're going to get hurt. And she didn't know anything about the game. But for her to say that to me, I'm like, well, I can still walk pretty decent. You know, I can come back from this injury and I can I can chance it. But at the same time, you know, it's time to kind of expand outside of what I can do. Football will always be there. Mm-hmm. I see guys that get out of football 5, 10, 15 years later, come back and get right back in football and announce Booger McFarland is one of them. You didn't see Boog for a few years, and now you see him on – Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. So that's the power of sports. When you play, when you have an understanding, when you can articulate your point, you always have an opportunity to come in there and give your two cents about it. Right. That's great. Well, you got a good voice, too, besides which helps. So, uh, you know, if you ever want to hang out, I mean, we're happy to have you anytime. You yes, want to come up and hang out. <laughs> well, buddy, I appreciate you. I hope you and your wife and the family can make it out. It's a very family-friendly event, and uh, all the kids that are eight and under are free. And, you know, if you got any kids over it, I bet we can probably work something out for you. You're kind of, <laughs> kind of a special dude to us. So we appreciate you coming up, man. It was good to meet your wife yesterday, too. I'm glad you all could stop up and uh, hopefully could see you this weekend. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you got to like barbecue, right? I'm, let me ask you a question because this is my first time really hearing about BuzzBQ. And right? I, li- I lived in a small world. Is it like a competition-style barbecue thing? Yeah, so we have about 60 teams that compete. We've got average Joe, we call them, and pros. And so the pros compete for money. The average guys compete for trophies and prizes. And you walk around, basically, and you sample. The majority of the teams hand out samples. So you walk around, you're going to get full just on the samples. So they have all kinds of different things. But they're doing ribs. They're doing pulled pork. They're doing brisket. They're doing uh, chicken. Mm. And then there's a mystery meat, which I don't know what that is. They don't tell me. It could be anything. Last year was Spam. The year before, it was like uh, beef cheek. I didn't know know cows had cheeks, but they do, apparently. So uh, anyway, it's it's a ton of fun. And then uh, we got music all day and... Smells great just walking around, enjoying the sunshine. It's going to be 80 degrees. It's going to be awesome. So bring okay. the fam out. Sounds good. Did I sell you? Hey, that might sell me. <laughs> Love it. BuzzBQ.com for more information, everybody.